0: Hello and welcome. I am your host, Kirsty, and this is Leadership Odysseys. We're embarking on a mission to bridge the gap between aspiration and reality, offering a raw and unfiltered exploration of the behind the scenes challenges that shape true leadership. Join us as we share stories of resilience, turning points, and authentic human experiences that remind us greatness is a product of the entire odyssey not just the destination I'm excited to have another remarkable leader at the forefront of the retail revolution Marila Ostas with an impressive career spanning over 15 years, including leadership positions at the Iconic, the Aquama Group, the Oriton Group, Zalando, and Hugo Boss. Marala has garnered invaluable insights into the ever-evolving world of retail. Her journey at Humi is truly inspiring. From her role as Chief Strategy Officer, where she laid the foundations for transformation, to her appointment as Chief Revenue and Strategy Officer, steering Humi through new horizons, and finally as the co founder and Chief Customer Officer, where she is shaping the future of online shopping. Join us as we delve into strategies, challenges, and breakthroughs in the retail landscape with a focus on Humi's vision of revolutionising online retail through customer insights and data. So let's embark on this enlightening odyssey as we navigate the future of retail with Millie Ostas. So it's
1: so good to see you again after all of these years. And welcome to Leadership Odysseys, Millie. Thank you so much, Kirstie, for having me. It's good to see you again. I think we've met last time about five years ago or four years ago at an event where we both were keynote speakers. We so, were. And ever since, we kind of stayed in contact every now and then. So, And, and now we're here. So thanks for having me and thanks for coming to my house. That's a, it. that's a great experience. Well, thanks for inviting me to your house.
0: It's always good to come around and get the energy that you're living and breathing every day. And funny story for everyone in coming out and visiting <laughs> Millie this morning, I realized that I lived one street away in growing up. So it is really a very, very small world. And I have to say that I am loving being back in the Shire this morning.
1: <laughs> and I initially never wanted to move to the Shire, but it took me a couple of years to really, you know. Start loving it, and now I do. Uh, it's a beautiful community growing
0: up here, and you know, for raising a family. And I'm sure you're absolutely enjoying the beaches. I do, I do. I'm a very bad swimmer, but it's enough for dipping in. <laughs> Definitely. And with summer on the horizon, I you never know what those surfing lessons you you might give it a go. I know we're having a brief conversation <laughs> before I turn the record button on, but living in the Shire, it's great to tip your toes in the water.
1: Yeah, I gave it a go, but <laughs> I'm just sort of good swimmer and I get scared of the waves but maybe one day one day one day
0: (laughs) excellent well I have you know wanting to reach out to you and and really look at you know I suppose I've, I've watched your journey over this last couple of months and more importantly even over the last couple of years when you went to Hume and I really just want to dive into who is Millie
1: and what is your journey yeah, that's a really good question. You know, I reckon you never get really asked the question, "Who's Millie? Who I, who am I?" or nothing. I, I'll ask myself, but I was obviously a little bit reflecting on that in the light of this podcast, and I was thinking, "Wow, actually, everything I've ever done in my life was never planned, and like you know, everything came so differently than I ever expected it to be." So you know, I grew up in Germany. I grew up with a family who's predominantly lawyers or judges so me ending up in fashion was like something completely new to the family and and even that was a coincidence I I studied economics did a master degree and and I just attended an event one day and like there were a couple of you know, large retailers, one is called Pig and Kloppenburg and very similar to David Jones and they kind of recruited me and, and that's how I ended up in fashion, yeah. I started with a trainee program and then went through, you know, different stages of buying and planning and marketing and, and I started loving it and, you know, kind of broke the news to my family I'm not gonna become a lawyer or a judge I want to stay in in the retail business that's something which has so much energy and lots of things happening and and I guess it just took off from there without having a really a plan but I went on from one station to another and then eventually you know when online shopping started to come up I thought that's e-commerce is such an interesting field and I remember back then one of the headhunters said to me oh you know e-commerce is not a safe space you never know you probably shouldn't work there you know can you really imagine people shopping online and I was like yeah I totally can imagine that and then that's kind of when I started to work for Zalando and back then Zalando was a quite small startup i was amongst probably the first 300 nowadays they have probably 15000 people working for them and and it was like probably one of the most impressive journeys i've ever experienced and i think that gave me really a firm sense of what i really want to do is like i love to see an idea rising and i love to see a concept coming to life and and be part of the success story you know being being part of what potentially can happen in the future to this company. And that's probably what drives me much more than working in a very established, a bit more old fashioned company. That, that was really like, you know, a light bulb moment for me. And that's, that's ever since that's something I really wanted to pursue and how I ended up in Australia, you know, looking back, that, that was a very different story. I, I had a head hunter calling me and that's actually a fun story. I'll get back into that later. <laughs> had a headhunter calling me and because they were looking for someone who has done a similar journey at a similar retailer for the iconic so they predominantly looked at people from Zalando and I said three times no why would I move from Berlin to Australia you know like I've no business with Australia I don't know a single person and it can't be bothered and then I went through a really bad breakup and I'll keep that story short but I think it took me two weeks to pick myself up and I called back this headhunter and said, look, you know, I'm actually open to this opportunity. I was thinking it's a good thing to move as far away as possible. And three months later I packed my luggage and and went to Australia and I know My parents were a bit scared and I was saying, don't you worry, I'll be back in two years now that it's been about eight and a half years ago and I'm still here. <laughs> still here and thriving. And so really looking over that journey, you
0: know, all of this has been quite unexpected in what yeah. you were looking at when, you know, that whole career span of, of what you had envisioned or your family had envisioned mm. by the sounds of it. But definitely the energy that you would have felt in retail going back to that stage, like there is really something quite unique and special in the retail landscape, whether you're in head office, whether you're in the store environments or any of those functions that really does create this, oh, It's I, I hear you when you say that, yeah, you just, you want to be part of it and mm. it just becomes part of who you are as a person as well. Mm. But it sounds like one thing led to another quite quickly for you and then taking that leap of faith and- Getting on a plane and coming over to Australia, yeah,
1: with two luggages, and that's all I took. And I took the completely wrong things, you know, not knowing <laughs> what to expect. I've never been to Australia. I just moved here and I got a little apartment in the beginning. I was I was a bit lonely in the beginning, and I think I was crying twice or three times and calling my mom and saying, "What the hell am I doing here?" <laughs> it would be quite overwhelming, oh, yeah. especially if you didn't know anyone at the mm. time as well. Yeah, it was, but like I got straight. Yeah, into, thrown into like a massive job at the Iconic as yeah, chief commercial officer. And and I was loving it. And I was, I was seeing so much potential. And I just, I was so excited about being part of their journey. And, you know, like I got literally one job. My boss, our CEO, Patrick, who's a good friend of mine, till today, he said, you have one job. Make this a $1 billion company. And obviously, it's never one person's job, right? It takes no pressure. pressure. I'm, like, oh, it's <laughs> no pressure. I'm like, okay, let's do this. We, we can do this. And, and it's been like the probably the craziest and, and most amazing journey of my life. But it's like, you know, I was in Vision Retail. like, I don't even know the word for that, but like, you know, a massive pile of ants and everyone does a little bit here and there and nothing works, you know without this community and without this Definitely. network at work it's everything you do is obviously massive team effort as as in any other job i guess but it was just amazing to see that and like we're growing like crazy like nuts in the beginning it's like 80 percent year on year and like you know try to get retail partners on board and back then it was it was not that easy because lots of Brand said like the Iconic, no, we don't really want to work. We're kind of cannibalizing our own online sales and things like that. You know, it took years and years to go to that stage. But yeah, it was a very busy journey, lots of setbacks, lots of success in between. But along the way with so many learnings, you know. Like, so how big would the Iconic have been when you joined? $170 million in gross revenue sales before returns yeah, in the wow. first year and then when i left i've handed in my one billion dollar plan and oh, so sales before returns. <laughs> i don't know i kind of handed in the plan but um, yeah yeah so and I, I think that's when i got a sense of probably it's time to move on you know i've i've done my job and like along that way i was like okay we have launched so many new categories we We implemented the you know the sustainability strategy launched a considered shop, which was one of the first shops where you can you know shop by values in a way and oh, a million other things but i I think I woke up one morning and I was thinking, well, wow, I'm thriving on solving challenges and then and now I feel like I've solved all the challenges I' was meant to solve, like you know probably it's a good time to." think about what I want to do next and I love the iconic today you know like it's it's been like was part of you well part part of who I am and then still have tons of friends there but yeah I think it was just like I've done my job like now someone else can take over and I felt like I had such a great team in place and I loved every one of them and like you know how long it takes to really get the people together who are like you know thriving on similar things and but also bring people together from different skill sets that you achieve the best results as a team. You know, literally get shit done. And I felt like I have such a great team in place. Like the best thing you can think as a leader is like, I can leave now, no one will miss me because the company's in good hands. They're they're great people here. And that's where you wanna be, you know? You look back and you wanna leave when you think everything is in shape, the best people are in place, no one needs me. So it's time to time to move on.
0: Yeah, excellent. You said there definitely around the team and you know, really looking at that billion dollar strategy of what you were really driving. I would only be assuming, but I'm assuming behind the scenes of that, there'd be a lot of challenges in even just getting that value proposition out yeah. in the market. Yeah. How did you drive from an internal and external perspective, to get the team highly engaged and to be able to bring those retailers on board, are you able mm. to share some of the the challenges? Yeah, I or guess visions?
1: you know I, I think it always comes down to bring people on on board who burn for for this vision, right? Like you need to find people who who are thriving on. You're making things happening and and like they're excited, they get up every day and say, yes, we can do that. Like you need yes people to that. It's not like, you know, if someone feels more safe and probably been more traditional environment, that's probably not the one, not the people I was looking for at the iconic. It really needed to be people stepping a lot out of the comfort zone, you know, being brave, dealing with lots of shit. Like everything was unorganized and unstructured in the beginning, but you know you you need to find a mind the right mindset for that and i think if these people like you know can transport the vision like we could like that's that's what we want to do in the future can you see the big picture that works well if you if you combine it with other people who have a big picture right like you need to really think big in the way and i think that's that's how we send the teams out and myself out like really talking to this retailer sharing our vision and it's it's not always about numbers but more like bringing them along and this is what we want to achieve you know this is where we can be in two years and in three years time it's like being part of something extraordinary delivering an outstanding experience to the customers shopping your brands. And that that's what we said obviously quite often. The iconic was very much focused in no matter what they did, delivering the greatest experience. And we said a lot to the retailers, look, if you're part of the iconic, the best you want is like that people are shopping your products and get a great experience. That's that's the best we can deliver for you. So that that's what we help you with. And I think that's you know it takes a bit time to evolve and you get these few retailers on board and then a few more and then eventually they come to the party but i think i think we always had a few rules for my team i'd say no one on my team is arrogant like this is just not happening you know we're not we're not sitting there and saying we're the iconic we grow we grow we grow that's not how we sell our story you sell a story by bringing them along and like sharing a vision and and get them excited about what we are doing. Like, I don't even want people to talk too much about numbers. Just, yes. you know, bring them along and then say, this is an incredible thing. It's it's a great chance. And, you know, back then, Australia was probably, that was in 2015 when I joined, was probably a little bit behind in terms of e-commerce if you compare it to the European market, what I was used to. And, and so it was a great opportunity to even show them what is possible and a couple of of years time you know well it definitely
0: was a key a brand and still is a very key Mm. brand that's just absolutely been able to change the landscape Mm. really when it becomes to that retail environment of just being focused Mm. with the online um stores so tell me from the iconic what was the next step for you when you made that hard decision to leave the iconic
1: yeah so when i left i had a little break which was good. Initially, I planned to go back to Germany and spend a bit of time with my family, but I was in COVID, so that, that certainly didn't happen. Then I planned to learn surfing. That also didn't <laughs> happen. And then I guess I just became a professional dog walker for a while. Like I Excellent. walked the dog so much that he actually was hiding in the house from <laughs> me. It's like not another walk. So I just spent time on things I really wanted to do. Like And That's the first time I really had time to spend it's like really, really important to, yeah. to be
0: able to have that time i yeah. think that's a very valuable lesson yeah. that especially when you have put your heart and soul yeah. into a role yeah. and gone above and beyond in delivery yeah led a, a very large team to then being able yeah. to go actually yeah. i just need time yeah I need time for you and to time. have that reset yeah.
1: for me and my family and like you know i have three beautiful step kids and They never really saw me. I would come home like really late in the evening, probably at eight or nine sometimes and leave early in the morning. So they're like, who's this person? (laughs) And all of a sudden I I was around. I could drive them to their soccer and rugby games. And and first and foremost, doing a lot of homeschooling. So that kind of became a part-time teacher as well. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) For a little while, (laughs) it was thrown into the deep. But yeah, it was great. that I had the opportunity to really take a couple of months time to... Spend a lot of time with, with my husband and my stepkids and, and yet yeah, the dog, of course. <laughs> I'm sure it was a very rewarding time for yeah. all of you. I started painting a bit. One of the paintings is over there. Um, very good. <laughs> just, you know, just little things. And then, you know, it's like I feel like when I was in my job at the Iconic, I didn't even feel how big the job was. But then, like, you have time to, you know – Stand still a little bit and then kind of you know reflect on what you've done over the last five years. and I was like, wow, that's that's actually a lot what we've achieved at the iconic and and then you think like you don't want to go, but like do I go bigger and better, or do I do my own thing, or you know, do do I feel comfortable to work in a really small company, and I've had the chance to work. A, in a consultancy role for Orton and they were obviously partners I've been using or used to work with before with the Iconic and uh, yeah I helped them a little bit along the way to you know kick off their sustainability journey and, and work on the strategy and things like that and then that that was a great time but that was always like meant to be for about six months and and then, yeah, then I started working for Alchemy Group. And then at that this time, Alchemy Group also just bought general Pen, So there was a lot going on. And that was probably a little bit back in a similar space as to what I was used to. And and then I was thinking about all the challenges I had working here yeah, 15 years. or by now it's almost 20 years in retail. And it happened to be that I got connected with yeah, the, the boys, as I say, the the two other co-founders of Hume, and they actually pitched their idea to me. And and I was sitting there and said to my husband, this is such a great idea. And it's so reflective of what I've experienced in retail. And it just took me probably two days to literally say, I'm quitting my safe job. I'm going to become like co-founder of Hume, basically, or like start working for Hume. And that's I was like, a, a I don't care. <laughs> that's a pretty big leap. That's a pretty big leap. And I spoke yeah. to my boss back then at Alchemy Group and I said, sorry, but if I don't do it now, I will never do it. And you know, like you, you want to start your own business if it's something you really burn for. It Definitely. needs to be something which is really, you know, it needs to be a problem you've always had and you think you can solve that or, you know, something you're really passionate yeah. about. And I was just like, So how, Um, I'll
0: go back a little bit there. So Mm. how did you meet the other two
1: co-founders? Yeah, so like they had this great idea about kind of, let's say, very much in a nutshell saying like the NPS is not helping anyone. There must be a better way to provide retailer insights along their whole end-to-end journey and, and what their customer experience is like and and someone said, you should talk to Marila. She knows e-commerce really well. Like, a, actually, a, a common friend we have and said, you should talk to her. And then they're like, cool. I just got a message, hey, for my friend, I have these two boys here and I think you guys should have a chat and they might need some help with the, you know, e-commerce side because they both come from very different directions. And it's like, yeah, sure, let's have a chat. And that's how it started. We jumped on a call and... And I think I was talking to Lee, the, the co founder and CEO, and, and he was, he didn't even, they done, didn't plan to, you know, bring me on board or anything like that. But he's saying to Andy, our CTO and co founder, he's saying, ah, oh, that was such a good conversation we had. I think she should work for us. Yeah. Power and of then, a yeah. great conversation. And then they took me out for dinner in the Shire. Excellent. I didn't know what to expect. I was thinking, maybe, you know, they just need a bit of consultancy help. But then they're like, no, we actually want you to work for us. And that's how it started.
0: Great. So yeah. you started, so there was the two of them. Yeah. And then you're the third yeah. employee. And now moving into becoming that co-founder. Yeah, exactly. Of Hume. Excellent. So that's a, a pretty bold move to make after having quite a steady career journey. Yeah. <laughs> what What was your heart saying on the inside through all of this? Like, was there risk elements you were considering? Was it the thrill of you could see the journey that that could go on? Mm. You knew the
1: problems it could solve within the retail mm. landscape.
0: It's a really good question. Moment? If I
1: look back now, I don't, I didn't see a risk because I was thinking this is this is what the world needs. Of course, there is always along the way, but you know, if if you think in risks, then you never end up doing anything, right? So that's right. And I I don't think I'm particularly someone who is like who's like always thinking about risks. I I just do things, and and you know, I was thinking probably for a second, what's the worst which could happen? Well, if something doesn't go well, then I'll. I still can go back and then find a job you know but i need to give it a try and then that was really my hard decision i'm like if i don't do it now i will never do it you know great
0: so that was what year was that have been a few that was about three years ago
1: no that was one and a half years ago one and a half yeah, years ago so i started in may 2022
0: yeah mm. so that journey of coming on board and really diving especially into their strategic approach
1: for HUME as well. Yeah. What has that whole experience been for you? I think one of the best experiences I ever had I think first and foremost why it worked so well is because I think we're a really tight team the three of us and I always say that don't take it wrong boys if you hear that but I love you (laughs) (laughs) and I love love working with them. And I think we always had this energy. We are all very energetic people and we all have like a strong vision and we just do us right. Like we sit there and, and you know, we can hype each other up. And like, we're just, we're just so excited, all of us. And I think that was my journey from day one. I kind of always treated Humi as, as my company and we did everything. Like obviously we have an amazing team, but any, big decisions, any decision we would like discuss the three of us and that's obviously when I said we, we actually want you to be co founder because everything we do is is us three with the team, you know. So that was crazy. But like you basically start with a blank paper, you know, and, and that's as I said earlier, that's something which gets me really excited. Like it can could turn into anything we wanted to turn into or like our customers wanted to turn into, you know, like we literally start from the scratch on and build up an idea and, like, bring this idea to life. That's something I don't think I've had a single day since I'm working for Humi. I didn't get up and think I'm excited what's going to happen today. And I think, you know, when you start with the initial idea and then we brought out an MVP very quickly, it it, it changed, completely changed to what it is today. Like, you know, the MVP is basically more like proof testing is this problem really existing and can we help with that and we had really good responses from a couple of retailers and then then our minds went like but we can do this we can do this and like you know you evolve with the feedback of customers obviously like you know and and the same like if I sit here in a year's time it's probably completely different to what I know now and that's exactly what gets me excited like I don't want to know what's going to happen in the future I don't I, I want to shape it. I want to be part of of what potentially can happen, and and I think, yeah, that's you know, we're, we're we're still kicking around tons of ideas every day. We have we have bad days, we have great days. We have sometimes we think, oh my god, we won't make it, and other days we think like we can conquer the world. But you business, know, it's right, it's, it's <laughs> business. But then always like what we say, at least. You know if one of us is down we always have the two others to to be picked All up kind of up. and like and then that, that's what we do a lot but also we have so much fun along the journey i'm like i'm sometimes crying tears because i think the boys are so funny and i read the little messages to my husband and even he would love about it so but it's it's so much yeah it's so much fun along the journey and solving great. Some yeah. great
0: problems and so what I mean, retail has just evolved so much over the last two years, especially going through COVID. But what are some of those key challenges mm-hmm. that the retailers are facing today? Yeah.
1: So I probably I'll, I'll take a step back to my iconic journey. So, you know, when you get the job, okay, make this a $1 billion company, you know, you can't make do that just by throwing on more brands and products, right? No. Well, what you really have to do is like, You have to deliver the greatest experience to your customers because you need these customers to come back as often as possible. But also you need to, you know, excite new customers. Like you have to grow your customer amount and you have to grow repeat purchases. How do you do that? Delivering an outstanding experience. It's as simple as it sounds, it's like in a restaurant, right? Like, you know, you can go to a restaurant and if the food is great, but the waiter is not friendly and or the cutlery mm-hmm. is dirty or you think the toilets are stinky or whatever it might be, you're not coming back, right? Like everything needs to be just a great experience. And I found it incredibly hard to get really insights into how do I know if my experience is great? Like, you know, we obviously use the NPS, but then First and foremost, the the NPS is very much a biased score. You know, you ask customers who are already your customers and then you only get the ones to respond who are like super happy or super angry. So you cut out like the the middle and it's just a rating system. So we would sit in exec meetings and someone would ask the question like, why did our performance or our score drop? And we would start guessing. I mean, you, you can't business decision yeah, on, on, the facts. on on guessing and then we would obviously also work with customer focus groups and you know ask them for feedback but and that's great to understand them a bit better but if you ask your own customers it's it's a bit like asking you know friends to poll you you know they are already your friends you've convinced them so where do you actually get like unbiased feedback from of like how do i understand why someone would not shop with the iconic or the, the biggest question lots of retailers have, everyone has a huge share of, um, I'd say everyone, but lots of them have a huge share of one time shoppers, right? You see them shopping once and they never come back. So who's solving this mystery? Like no one. That's right. Uh, other than and us, uh, us at the moment. But that's, that's, that out of this pain, that's why I could see so much potential because like, I really need to make data-driven decisions and understand what people feel going through the whole process
0: yeah and that retention program of building frequency Mm. in consumers is a very important strategy for all retailers and to be able to get them for most of the retailers well not just even online but in Mm. store is absolutely critical for the long-term success as well as bringing that new pipeline of consumers into the business so you saw these pain points that there wasn't enough data, there wasn't enough facts, the MPS was definitely out there in the market, <laughs> but there was still a huge gap in the knowledge mm. that was being shared back to the retailers. So what is that vision for Hume? Mm.
1: Exactly solving that problem in transparency across the whole end-to-end customer journey, but also providing the why. You know, we we ultimately want to become the source Uh, of truth when it comes to online customer experience. Like, yeah, there's no, like, you know, there's no tool out there, like showing the exact end-to-end journey. There are obviously lots of tools out there showing what your website performance is or comparing KPIs. But again, you're missing the why. Why is your performance the way it is? Why don't come customers back? What makes them dropping off on your website? You can see in, in, in tools and metrics where people drop off but you still don't know why know, it's on our, our vision is literally we want to empower high performing e-commerce teams by delivering the data they need in order to make these decisions that's pretty powerful yeah. to have that level
0: of information i want to take a moment to introduce you to naturally gluten-free when lifestyle meets quality Naturally Gloom-Free is a boutique bakery committed to crafting exceptional Gloom-Free products that are produced with high-quality, natural ingredients and free from all additives and preservatives. When you are seeking to transform your menu or source a premium Gloom-Free product, Naturally Gloom-Free invites you to connect with them via their website naturallyglutenfree.com.au. So for our audience to really understand the product and, and mm. how you are delivering this, is this, it's obviously an integration into their system. Is that Nope, no not even that oh w- wow. that was the
1: too hard bucket it's that, very simple wow that's mm. well that
0: surprised me so yeah. i was expecting it was an integration so no. that you've already solved one critical pain point that a lot of the retailers would yeah. have a concern with for, yeah. or that would be an objection to 100
1: like that was our first thought it can't like it needs to be that simple simple if we if it requires any integration we we'll lend up we end up in someone's tech roadmap and it's never going to happen, right? Correct. And then <laughs> that wouldn't allow us to collect collect so much data. But again, I'll take a step back so on how it works. Basically, the most simplest way to describe it is we are mystery shoppers for online. Whilst this concept is very common, like in retail for bricks and mortar stores, it doesn't exist yet for e-commerce. So we run a network of mystery shoppers and they're based across the country. Like we are about we have a network of close to 800 shoppers. We can match them to the core customer group of the retailer. Let's say you'd say, okay, I want to have females between this and this age. I want to have you know shoppers who usually shop in that price cluster or things like that. And it's obviously very important for specifically premium brands, but These shoppers are running through the whole process from how do they get to the website, how do they engage with the navigation, what are they searching for, the search bar, they look at product descriptions, they engage with the customer service. We obviously measure in the background how long time does it take to respond and resolve their issue and so on. They eventually end up shopping a product and there's a little break in the journey. They wait until this product's getting delivered. In the meantime, obviously, we're also tracking if the links are working, if the expectations of, of the mystery shopper are managed, like in terms of do you let them know when when the parcel is arriving or if it's later, things like that. And then eventually they receive the parcel, so they go through the whole unpacking process that includes a lot of sustainability metrics. Like that's your first impression of of what you get from the retailer. What's the packaging like, you know, is it environmentally yeah. friendly? Is it easy to open? Is there an overmound? And we go through the product evaluation. We engage again with the customer service of this company, ask various and, and different questions. We We go through the whole returns process, which obviously can be very clunky or very simple, depends on what the retailer is, is offering. We, we're testing FAQs. Can we help ourselves? Do we even have to contact the customer journey? We we sign on for EDMs for like a longer time frame. We measure what the frequency is like. If if we somehow incentivize to come back or shop more, do we get a get discount? Like how does the retailer actually approach me once they've seen me shopping something and things like that? We, we go through loyalty programs and whatever so that's kind of the nutshell but all in all we measure 200 data points across the whole journey that's huge We do that as well for any of their competitors so what we do is we deliver benchmarking data you know you we have a lot of retailers they want to know what specifically is the experience like of my you know, closest competitor like let's say rebel wanted to know what the jd sports experience is like so they get insights into that what makes them better than these guys and so on because there was obviously also a challenge in the market you might get an nps score and you think oh yeah well that's great but it's not great if all your competitors have an even better score you know so how likely is it actually for someone to steal your market share but just to have that level Mm -hmm. of Data, really, like on being able to
0: to really see every single touch point mm. that that consumer is, mm. is going on mm. you can't see any of that in no. a in a report and to get the commentary mm. yeah it sounds
1: like goes behind yeah. a lot of that as well so we obviously first of all in a journey we obviously measure the performance of any you know solution partner you might have integrated whether it's someone sending you edms or text messages whether it's your customer service whether it's someone who built you a loyalty program like how do customers actually feel about all your tech stack along the journey because like everyone has a massive tech stack like how do you guide the customer through that and what's their feeling towards that and yeah obviously our mystery shoppers They leave comments, feedback as to why something was good or bad. And like they obviously rate things. But the ideas with the information, they feedback is that the retailer really understands of what the experience is like, what they can do better and what they're probably already doing well. But like really get a good understanding of what they need to change, if that makes sense. So we provide all this information in a very sexy dashboard, <laughs> that's always say that. It's- always need a good dashboard, <laughs> yeah. don't you? When we're yeah.
0: looking at all the data, yeah. it makes it a little bit more yeah. easy
1: on the eyes. And along the journey, obviously we provide information. Like we ask our shoppers at three times in the journey before the checkout, was there anything which would have made you abandon the website? So that's obviously an information which retailers usually don't get. Why do people actually leave the website, you know? Sometimes they say customer service didn't respond, couldn't answer my question, product description was bad, whatever it might be. Sometimes they say, I found the same product cheaper elsewhere. But then also at the end of the journey, we, we ask the question, based on your overall experience, would you consider to come back to this retail or not? So if someone says no... They obviously provide reasons why. So that really helps you as a retailer to eliminate whatever the issues are. And yeah, so that's kind of what we provide in a very sexy dashboard. <laughs> and um, yeah, and it's like the way our partners work is like, you know, they have usually champions from various departments, whether it's tech, logistic, marketing, and so on, because it's, it's, it's very holistic approach. It touches on every single department of the whole company so they, they can work together as a team and they feel enabled. I mean,
0: in the way that we're all going and, and the information that, I mean, retailers are just overwhelmed with the mm. amount of information that actually is coming through. Mm. But to have something that has tangible information mm. that the consumer is touching and feeling and mm. using the product and then going through that whole experience, and that is something where real decisions yeah. can be made and yeah. you can actually empower
1: retailer yeah exactly and like you know you as a leader you want to empower your teams right like you know it's like how do you enable them to even take the right decisions and and that that's what we obviously what we do or so far (laughs) let's say yeah we really help the teams to look kind of a unique data set and take joint decisions. Everyone knows what's going on, what they have to do and in order to improve and, you know, ultimately help them growing their sales.
0: Yeah, fantastic. And so who are some of the partners that have joined you on this journey?
1: Yeah, so we're working with like, yeah, great partners in Australia, such as Rebel Sport, Orton, Strand, Dish, Zulon Zephyr, Spell, New Balance, Essex, Mm. Camilla, many more, Yeah great retailers yeah it's like they love it so far obviously we get really good feedback but what we also get from them is like a path for us to constantly improve and that's obviously very important we've launched this this dashboard in the market only five months ago and now obviously we want to understand how how can we make it better what kind of information are you missing and so on so that, that's extremely helpful. We've launched, we had a feedback from a lot of SME companies saying like it's the, the service, which is a subscription service, is probably something we can't afford right now. We haven't budgeted for. So we've just launched as of last week an SME product. Um, with that, we got like really good reactions in the first week. So we are able basically to cater to anyone in the market for now. But yeah, that's, that's how it works right now. I have absolutely loved hearing about the Humi journey, but
0: I really want to dive into you and yeah. what makes, you know, Millie be able to get up and be the best version of herself every single day. I know you had that gap in between, mm. but you know, what do you do on a day-to-day basis that, you know, you can show up and thrive mm. every day? Because there is there's so much that happens behind the scenes mm. of being an entrepreneur yeah. And it
1: takes a lot to be yeah. grounded and, and on that path. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm lucky that I was born with a high energy level. So I usually get up and I'm excited. My husband usually says, shut up to me in the morning because the second I wake up, I want to chat to someone. But yeah, I get up almost every morning at 5.25. That's when my alarm rings and I go to, to the gym at six. And then that kind of gives me a lot of energy. So I'll do some times really hardcore classes i've just done an eight week warrior challenge where you have to go six or seven times a week and have to train your ass off so what, what is that, a warrior but... challenge <laughs> so you kind of compete in various like disciplines like sprinting and chin uphanging like sled pushing a team so, exercise but also like assault bike and row and whatever so. so not for the lighthearted. no not for the lighthearted. I was like I was literally like I can't believe I've committed to that I literally couldn't believe it it was really hard to get through but it was so good when it was done and like yeah I mean usually I, I don't sign up for that many challenges but I I make sure I'll start my day with with an activity I go to the gym and if I don't I'll go for a walk with the dog and then yeah, I'm, I'm very chatty from from early mornings on, but I just, I think, like, it's, it's all about a little bit balance, right? Like, I don't mind working 12 or 14 hours or something, but then I have to go for, you know, 10 drinks with my friends on a weekend or whatever <laughs> it might be. But, like, I'm a very social person, and that's mm-hmm. when I get... That's where i get my energy from i'm a very much an extrovert and i need to be surrounded by my friends and by my family and doing lots of, of activities i think I, I hardly ever watch tv i have to call my husband to ask how we switch on the tv if it's ever gone i just don't know that i just like doing things i'm very active i'm outside and like that's obviously a blessing living in australia I'm constantly, you know, walking at the beach, not so much swimming. But <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah, that's, I just like to squeeze in things I really like to do. I When I have time, I I enjoy cooking a lot. That's for me almost like a therapy. And, you know, I love looking for new recipes and then try to do that. Yeah, I think it's like you always need something in your day you're really looking forward to. And like, as I said, generally... I do look forward to my work, but I also like, you know, something else, whether it's like a, you know, like the gym class in the morning, a good long evening walk, or, you know, I force the kids sometimes on a walk with me and they're they're sometimes a bit annoyed you're walking too much, but, (laughs) you know, it's good and then engaging and
0: be out there with people. I think just being surrounded by people... Just it lifts you up and it gives you a whole mm. new, whole new level of energy yeah. uh, when you're around it. I, with that, because you do do a, a lot of work from home, yeah. What would be a great tip to give people that are extroverts per se, that do like being around a lot of people but are working from home? Because that still is quite a challenge
1: yeah. for a lot of people. Well, first and foremost, I'd say write less emails and call people directly. I think that's in general good advice whether you're extrovert or introvert. I feel like every one of us is getting so many emails and lots of things you can just solve by jumping on a call. I like that much better but like you know have a little lunch date if even if it's just for half an hour. I have lots of girlfriends living around here. Sometimes we just go for a walk for half an hour you know we bring our little tea cup or coffee cup or whatever and like have a little chat in between, and I think that that kind of really gives me energy to, you know, even if it's just a quick coffee catch up to engage with people, and that that's nice, you know. Like you get yeah, you get a little break. You kind of, you know, you can't talk about work all day long, no, but can't. then you talk about other things. But yeah, that that works quite well here in the setup where I'm living. I've obviously my husband, <laughs> yeah, around But yeah,
0: over the years, gosh, I remember, especially going through COVID, you know those walk and talks mm. were a critical part of mm. staying connected versus always sitting on a, a Zoom call, mm. it, you know, to be able to just get outside and be in nature mm. and to still be able to have mm. the same conversations. Yeah. Uh, but investing in your body and investing in the others as well mm. by highly encouraging other people to get outside mm. as well, yeah. which is great. Yeah, well, and then
1: make make your coffee sometimes a mimosa, you know, just that <laughs> particularly when you have to go to, uh, to work or something, but, like, on a weekend, just, like, say, okay, it's a great Saturday afternoon, let's go for a mimosa walk. Sounds better than a coffee walk, right? Like, Definitely. It's a little bit more promising of what potentially could happen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you have an incredible story, Millie, and one that you should just be so proud of the evolution of your career journey. It sounds like, as I mentioned earlier, not necessarily – knowing where that was really going but absolutely taking on board all the Mm. opportunities that have come your way and now being able to solve some of those key Mm. problems that are sitting in that online retail landscape it really is game changing to where the future of Mm. retail is going and it sounds like you've got the mindset and you've taken all Mm. of your learnings through your career so that you can be the best version of yourself. I do like to ask everyone that comes on this podcast a a couple of key questions but one of them really is about the next generation of leaders that is something that I'm very passionate about and would love to know what tips or advice Mm. or lessons that you would like to share Mm. with the next generation of leaders
1: coming through yeah thanks Thanks again, Kirstie. It sounds much better, my career, when you say it. <laughs> I don't particularly feel that way, but I just kind of live in my day-to-day business and I don't give it any thoughts on how great this career is or something. I'm just happy. But I do think what, what really stuck with me throughout my life is a couple of things, like never get stuck in something which doesn't make you happy. You know, that happens to every one of us sometimes. You start a new job and you just don't like it. And there might be various reasons. And like, you know, some people might say you should stay here for two or three years for your C V or whatever. And I I've I've always been a fan of saying nope because no one gives you time back, right? Like that's just lost time. If you don't like things, whether it's your job or relationship or whatever it might be, just get out of it. Because time is very precious and yeah, no one gives you back. And uh, I think I think for me it was important like because i without knowing what i actually want to achieve in life but i, I think i always want to go a little bit above and beyond and i think that's just you know that's really important to do that every now and then like that like let share your passion with other people and and and, and just show i'm i'm here for it i'm ready and there are, you know there are moments in life when they will remember you because you've been always a little bit above and beyond and not always stick to the textbook you know there's so many things you can do outside everyone has kind of a job profile but it's it's important to learn you know from people around you from other leaders I found that incredibly expi- inspiring at the Iconic working with the whole exec team and like really closely because I've learned so much from the CFO from the CEO, from the CMO and so on I think everything you can do a little bit outside of your job profile to learn more will make it easier for your next next step and 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 just you know better view of, of of like more holistic view of everything going on and raise your hands like for for extra jobs and like Enjoy your time here. Don't get stuck in, in, yeah, as I said, in something. But, like, really follow your feelings sometimes. You know, you can't plan everything which is coming along. And, like, if I would have planned my career, I'd be a lawyer somewhere in Germany. (laughs) But it's just be open to opportunities and, like, you know, just... Do do what you love and like it's not always easy to find what you love and I think that that's why it makes it so important to look around what other people are doing yeah go even go for little you know mini internships or try really to learn from other people I think that is incredible advice I
0: agree with you that learning from others but also challenging yourself of diving into that uncomfortable zone to really Mm. face that fear of you know learning something new yourself Mm. as well by asking questions from the people around you I always used to say to a lot of the the, you know store managers assistant managers when I was in retail was about if you don't know it at five o'clock definitely you'll know it by, you know, put that effort into knowing it by nine o'clock the next morning because that self-development and that ability to look into things and research and reach Mm. out to people and connect to say, actually, I don't have all the answers,
1: but Mm. I would love
0: to learn is where growth will really happen.
1: Totally. And like, you got to throw yourself into the deep every now and then. Like, you know, when I got the job at the Iconic, I was My first thought was like, oh, maybe I actually can't do that. They probably think I'm better than I am. And that's that's bullshit to think that way, right? They've selected me for a reason. So now it's my opportunity to show what I can do. And you learn along the way. And, you know, as as simple as it sounds, every one of us has a lot of, you know, makes a lot of failures or things like that. And that's why you learn the more most, because I'm thinking, okay, I've made all these mistakes, but I won't make them twice.
0: That's correct, and Mm. and failures are the strongest learning Mm. platforms they are the steps to success and it's just taking the learnings from each one of those to ensure that you can you know change and evolve that into the future as well exactly well thank you for a great discussion it has been wonderful as i mentioned to just learn all about your journey and it sounds like humi is going to be making a big difference so we generally (laughs) wish you all the best we will be following your journey and staying in contact but we really appreciate your time and expertise and look forward to talking again soon thank you so much for having me kirstie it really means a lot to me thank you for joining us on this incredible odyssey until next time lead with courage lead with heart and keep exploring the remarkable world of leadership enjoyed the journey hit the subscribe button, rate us and leave a review if our stories ignited your leadership spirit. Your feedback fuels our odyssey.